Don't say I'm Yasmin. (laughs) (laughs) I can see it in your eyes. I'm Jasmine. I'm Alyssa. I'm Rhiannon. And this is Books Between Sisters. hard at that you got me that time <laughs> yasmin 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 so dad got me a brats doll as a gift after listening to our episode where i complained about not having a brats doll it doesn't have the same impact at 28 years old <laughs> <laughs> no it looks interesting <laughs> i mean now you can't say that he never bought you a brat stall though that's true he did it um yeah well hello i sound like harvey fierce fierstein i don't know how to say his name um the, the person that voiced mulan uh or not mulan he didn't voice mulan <laughs> <laughs> the person that uh voiced Yao in Mulan. That's what I sound like because I'm getting over a cold. So I'm sorry if my voice is unpleasant to listen to for this podcast. I will try not to talk too much. (laughs) Um, How are you guys doing though? Uh, We, just to kind of preface this, we didn't have a recording session last week um, because Alyssa went on a cruise. So I want to know, I want to hear about your cruise, Alyssa. How was that? It was um, fun, but then also miserable at first (laughs) because it was very rocky. It was a smaller ship and um, there was some rough waters heading out to Alaska. So I got very, very seasick and it was not fun. I was pretty just not miserable the first day. It felt like the first day was like half the trip. Um, but after we got past that, it got a lot better. Um, I will say I wasn't as impressed with this cruise as, um, much as other cruises that that I've been on. As far as the ship went, like, I felt like the food wasn't as good as, you know, other cruises. And there's just, I don't know, um, a lot of things that were just kind of disappointing, but the locations were great. Alaska is beautiful. Um, it was very cold, windy, but just beautiful sights. We got a lot of pictures and um, we won a free excursion, which was actually going up a, a tram, which was very scary. It <laughs> went pretty high up into the sky oh. and they had like an observation deck at the top. But when we got there, that was in um, Juneau. That was actually our favorite location of all of them. Um, But it was really scary because when we were walking up to the tram, you can see the cord going up. 
but it was very foggy, so it just looked like the tram, like, disappeared into the fog, and you couldn't see how much further it went up. Oh, my gosh. So AJ was like, oh, this is so cool. Let's go. And I was like, "Mm, no, I'm, you know, I'm good. I I can wait for the sun to come out so I can actually see where it goes, (laughs) because right now it just looks like it's going up to heaven, and I'm (laughs) I'm not okay with that. (laughs) Um, But I... I got in it. I actually did it twice. I was very proud of myself, and um, it was it was a little scary. But like once you got up there, it was really cool to like you got to see all of Juno, like the port and everything. Um, it was, and then there there's like a trail up there. Um, it's like on the side of like a mountain, and so um, it was because we went up so early, there was a lot of things. They have like a restaurant and a bar and everything up there that wasn't open. But yeah, it was really cool. They have a, they had like a gift shop and everything. So we kind of walked around, got some um, gifts. And then, yeah, they had also, they had this um, just really good crab um, restaurant. Yum. That, yeah, they're crab cakes. I don't even eat crab cakes, but I went back and I got more <laughs> because those were the best crab cakes I have ever had in my life. They were so good. I dream of those things. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, overall it was, it was a lot of fun. Our last stop was, uh, Victoria, Canada, oh, um, nice. coming I back. And yeah, that was really cool. We got it, but we were there at night. So it was kind of weird cause we were only there for a couple hours. Oh yeah. Um, but it was really pretty to, they had like a bunch of light, everything was like all lit up. And so it was really pretty, but, uh, we definitely want to go back there and just do a trip to Victoria. Yeah. One of Devin and I's favorite tapas places, tapas places huh. <laughs> is in Victoria and it's super cheap. Yeah. It was when we went, but so delicious, like we crave it we want to go back so bad um yeah that would be fun to take a books between sisters victoria cruise or yeah. not well cruise too but like yeah victoria trip victoria trip that would be really cool that would be cool never yeah. been to canada yeah um how was your week Rhiannon? anything interesting no i'm also getting over having a cold or something you mean and- the one you gave to me that you, you, have, you have no evidence. <laughs> There's no evidence. Dad keeps saying it's allergies. Yeah, he said that to me today. <laughs> Take some Claritin. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is a cold. Yeah, that's what I was like. I'm pretty sure I'm sick, but okay. <laughs> you don't know. It could be allergies. It could. It, it, he keeps telling me that it replicates um, symptoms of it, like cold or even the flu. And I'm like, but I've never had allergies before in my life, like ever. And he's like, well, I could start at any time. I was like, I guess. Or it could be a cold. Or it could be a cold. (laughs) Well, Ashlyn started um, kindergarten this past week. I still can't get over that. That's crazy. I know. I cried all day Monday. (laughs) When she, she was so excited, though. She was bouncing up and down as the school bus pulled up to our driveway and barely looked back at us as she got onto the bus, sat down and she was off and she had no issues like feeling, you know, scared or, you know, you know, uh, anything from being away from us. She just has had a really good time. So 
Um, but meanwhile, I'm crying and I'm like, my baby. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that is really exciting. She had a good day. She made friends and everything. Yeah. Um, they played baby and she got to be baby the other day. <laughs> they played a baby? Yeah, I don't know what that means. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I don't get it. Yeah. And um, she's uh, getting breakfast and lunch every day at school. And oh, yeah. so I'm jealous, actually, of her getting the food. <laughs> Devin and I are looking at her menu and I'm like, man, that sounds really good. Yeah. Can can we have it? Like they had cinnamon rolls the other day for breakfast and oh. French toast. And, and I'm like, yeah, sign me up. Man. Um, yeah. Most that we had for uh, our elementary school was like, here's the the little um, snack packs of cereal. You can grab some milk over there. Yeah. Or like every once in a while they'd have, I don't know, like sausages and something else. But it's like never cinnamon rolls like that sounds so good yeah i don't remember ever having like desserts no they have some nice food and then she's like mom you can choose regular milk or chocolate milk (laughs) flashback (laughs) and i'm like you grabbed the chocolate milk huh Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't even know why they have regular milk like what kid grabbed the regular milk I don't, I don't, there was a few that I remember. I feel yeah. like, I, was like I, I remember some kids. I always remember milk. like a big stack of regular milk and then all the chocolate <laughs> milk was like gone. Yeah. I um, never grabbed the chocolate milk. What? what? I never really grabbed any of the, any drink because I didn't like milk at all. The only time I would ever grab milk is on Valentine's Day when they had the strawberry milk. Oh, hmm. because I, for some reason, really like straw. I mean, I love strawberries, so I guess it makes sense. But like, yeah, that's. The only really time I would grab the milk. I think I would like grab the regular milk just to like have it on my tray. So it didn't look like I was not grabbing it. She's like, nobody are grabbing these. Let me just. (laughs) And then you just threw it away. And I I don't know. I I might have given it to somebody. Maybe I tried drinking it or I don't know. I've been lactose intolerant for a while. (laughs) Maybe I was in an elementary school. I don't really remember. Mm. Well. I asked her, I'm like, in the morning, do you get the option of regular milk and chocolate milk? She's like, no, only regular milk. I'm like, okay, that's good. Oh. <laughs> At least she's not mm-hmm. drinking two chocolate milks a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anywho. Oh, oh I do want to say that um, when we were on the ship, one of my favorite things that we did was there's a silent party. And... I always wanted to go to one of these ever since I heard somebody else went to one of these. What it is, is that you, there's two DJs and you go up and you get your little headphones and the headphones switch between two different channels. Mm -hmm. So, um, and they'll change colors. So like one DJ will be blue and then the other DJ will be red. So then they can see what station that you're on and they kind of like battle it out to try to get everybody on their station depending on like what they're playing people will switch back and forth and yeah you just have your headphones on and nobody can like around you can hear what you're listening to you're just dancing with these headphones on and if they don't have headphones you just look weird (laughs) but it was so much fun you just got to switch back and forth and um 
yeah, it was really cool. That sounds really fun. I've seen that. Imagining a room full of people just with headphones on, just silently dancing. Yep. It was really, That's it was really cool. cool. Yeah. There was this one couple who got up there and they were just like so enthusiastic and it was, they were super cute. I like, before we even went up, I was just watching them for a minute because they were just like getting really into it. Like you could tell they were offbeat, but it was like cute. <laughs> Offbeat to the music that they were listening to or just offbeat to you because you had different music? No, offbeat. Like, you can tell when somebody has rhythm and when they don't have rhythm. And so, yeah, they were definitely offbeat, but it was, like, in a cute way. It wasn't a, like, okay, (laughs) calm down (laughs) type of way. No, it was really cute because they were both offbeat, just dancing with each other. That's cute. Yeah, it was adorable. (laughs) Well, um, let's go ahead and jump into our book. Colleen Hoover, All Your Perfects. This was Alyssa's pick, so I'm going to go ahead and... Alyssa, tell us us why you picked this book. Um, Because Colleen Hoover is amazing, and um, it kind of goes back to um, when we were introducing ourselves in our uh, first episode when I was talking about an author who can write about something that I might not be able to personally relate with the characters, maybe what they're going through. But I can still have a connection with them because of the way that she writes the character. Um, I feel like she's just a genius at how she does this because um, she makes these characters so real and she makes you want to root for these characters and um, like to go through the motions with them, even though it's not something that, again, I can personally relate to. I was I still felt like. This, the emotions like sad anger confusion and all that going through this book and also I thought that it was genius how she wrote it um because in the beginning um you get introduced to uh Quinn and she's going over to her fiance's house and she's gonna um surprise him and she's just really excited because um she's she's getting there before she thinks he's home And so she goes up to um, his apartment in the elevator and she gets out of the elevator and she sees this guy pacing back and forth in front of the door. And for me, if I saw that, I'm not about to approach the door. (laughs) (laughs) Like if I saw a guy who looked angry um, pacing back and forth in front of my fiance's door, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to go and call my fiance (laughs) and be like, hey, you need to handle this. Um, But she like approaches and that's how you um, meet Graham. And he's there because he found out that his um, girlfriend is actually cheating on him with Quinn's fiance. Um, And so you meet these characters and it's a very like sad, tragic beginning for them. I thought it was a, a funny though, a funny beginning, just the way that they were, you know, going back and forth in the hallway, even yeah. though it was obviously a very sad circumstance, but you just get a really good picture into just their instant chemistry mm-hmm. of going back and forth and just the the things that they say and then the Chinese food getting delivered yeah. and they're like, nope, that's ours. <laughs> We're She's taking like, that's it. That's my thing. <laughs> I can't believe him. 
Um, um, yeah. But yeah, that was uh, like, it is very, like you said, it is very sad, but you do definitely see that chemistry. And that's why when you get to the second chapter and you automatically know, like, there's going to be something that goes on between these two, Quinn and Graham, because the chemistry is obviously there. Um, they're, they, how they met was kind of a, you know, bad beginning for the relationship, but, um, you're just like, oh, this is going to be such a great love story. And the second chapter is them married, but automatically you find out that they're having issues seven years into their marriage. And you're just like, what happened? Like, yeah, what is going on? I really love the way that this chap uh, this book was written because the chapters go between then and now. And as I was reading it, it really reminded me of the movie P.S. I Love You because mm-hmm. it starts out with, you know, their relationship in that Mm -hmm. movie of you know they're in love and then the tragic tragedy of him passing away yeah and then it does the back and forth between you know the past of them falling in love and then the current of her dealing with that and it that's what this really reminded me of yeah we know that from the beginning they're they're going to be together and so now it's like simultaneously going through their lives I think uh so like simultaneously going through their lives where you find out that there's some kind of significance to this box because in the now she you're getting all of her internal thoughts of you know marriage is falling apart and she's struggling uh, I guess one thing to disclaimer this episode with is it does deal with sensitive topics so um, one being infertility, um, another being miscarriage and um, cheating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, there are definitely sensitive topics in this book. So, def- um, you know, if any of those are triggers, maybe skip this couple uh, episodes in, um, in this book. But um, the significance of of that um you know of them going through what they're going through because she's dealing with infertility she really wants to be a mom and she's not able to conceive um yeah and i really felt for quinn because um she has to constantly go through people asking her questions about when they're gonna have kids and it even talks a lot like her her and her sister are very close and she is um very reliant on at getting advice from her sister, but they do this thing where they go to um, brunch with their um, mom. And um, when they are at brunch, they run into one of their mom's old friends who starts asking questions. And um, this part really frustrated me because I don't know why. I just don't like when people push into other people's personal lives and so especially when Quinn's mom kind of off voluntarily offered uh information about um Quinn and Graham and saying oh they're dealing with infertility and I was like that that's a little too far like I understand that's your daughter but that's a very personal subject and so that part really upset me because I was like that's nobody's issue especially like because it has nothing to do with you that's your your daughter's um 
That's between your daughter and, and her husband. Yeah, Ree, what do you think about Quentin's mom? Uh, she was a bit a bit overbearing, I guess. Um, she you learn a little bit later more about her story, but she just didn't really seem like the type who should have been a mother. Um, but was kind of like, well, I guess I have to be, you know. Um, not saying that she doesn't obviously love her kids, but like she just I don't know, she just didn't seem like she really wanted to be, and it reflected on the way she treated them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got the impression she was very much like one of those rich moms that, you know, you have these expectations for kids that you're raising, and if they don't fit within those expectations, they get judged for it. So that's very much what Quinn deals with, for sure. Yeah, and um, even though... You know, I, I do feel for Quinn. I got a little frustrated with her at this one part when she was talking about um, people, uh, parents who talk about their struggles with parenthood when their kids are crying or they say they want to break from their kids. And she was just like, you have no idea. And I'm like, that's true. But at the same time, and I understand like she was saying that from a place of hurt, very much so. But at the same time, you have to realize everyone has their struggles. So just because you're going through something doesn't mean other people's struggles aren't valid. Um, but that also makes Quinn's, you know, point valid as well. She has a right to feel however she wants. Um, but again, that was coming from a place of hurt. So I couldn't like, you know, be too upset at her about that. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, but those parents also have a right to talk about how much they they struggle. Yeah, for me, that was a pretty good reflection of the drastic um, um, effect that this issue was having on her mentality um, and how all-encompassing it was. Because mm-hmm. when you're dealing with an issue, it's hard to see, you know, on the outside, yeah. you know, to, mm-hmm. to recognize that no, it wouldn't be perfect, you know, having a kid, uh, you know, especially in the examples that she used of, you know, kids crying or throwing a tantrum. Mm -hmm. I would never, you know, do that to my kids. And I feel like we all have said that. I would never do that to my (laughs) kids, (laughs) but it's much different in reality. But I will say that there was a, a relatable moment. So when it goes back and it's kind of talking about how, um, Graham takes Quinn home and, Um, He ends up like tucking her into bed and um, she says something. She says she doesn't want to leave her apartment except for ice for ice cream. And then she doesn't want to leave again except for when she runs out of ice cream. (laughs) I was like, that's so (laughs) relatable. I feel like there have been days where I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to leave. And except for food. (laughs) Like, so every day. That's me every day. Yeah. Um. And so then we we kind of um, get a little bit more insight into Graham and Quinn's relationship, um, how they um, started to their their relation started off really weird. Like I thought it was. Oh, my gosh. I'm turning more and more into Harvey. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I feel like they're, Graham is super cute mm-hmm. with the stuff that he does. Um, you know, you can see that he's sees something in her. It's almost like that instant connection mm-hmm. where 
you just know, like, this person is going to be a significant part of my life. And so he just kind of does this back and forth with her. I think knowing, you know, when they first found that both of their significant others were cheating on them, that was not the time to initiate a new relationship. Yeah. And so he's like, we're going to put a, you know, a pause in this for now. Yeah. And then they reconnect later. Yeah, she never calls him. She never like, calls him. Come yeah. on, Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> he writes his number on a little post-it note next to her door, and she keeps it up. Yeah, but she, she never still, calls him. She was taking her time. No, she actually says she wasn't going to call him. Yeah. Oh, does does it say that? Yeah, she oh. talks about how she was scared that if she um, called him, oh, that every it time, remind, yeah, yeah, it okay. would remind her of Ethan, um, which was her ex-fiance. And she's like, I don't want a relationship that just reminds me of the worst day of my life. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you don't know that. Like, yeah. You could have at least given it a chance. You don't know for sure if that's how it was going to be. They did. They did. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But not because of Quinn. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, definitely not. That's definitely. why we need Graham. <laughs> yeah. And it was really was because of Graham because I, I thought one of the moments I thought was really funny is when he shows up at her house after they see each other at the restaurant and he's like, you gave me a look. And she's like, I don't even know what that look would be <laughs> like. <laughs> a look of fear. <laughs> so confusion. confusion. <laughs> but yeah, it was really cute. Um, I did feel like going back to the present day. Um, we find out that so Ava and her husband are moving to Paris. And um, I think, did she say that her husband was from there? I don't know. I don't, I don't remember, remember that. Yeah, I don't remember why they had decided on Paris sp specifically. Um, but, you know, Quinn's really sad because she's losing her sister but then we find out just a little bit later into the book that Ava is actually pregnant. And I will say I was a little heartbroken for Ava because she was very scared to tell Quinn about this and how Quinn reacted to it. Again, it was coming from a place of hurt. But even Quinn in the book acknowledges that she was sad because her sister didn't get the moment that she deserved mm -hmm. um, to be excited about the pregnancy. And um, she even told her mom first. Yeah, she told her mom first because she was very nervous about how Quinn was going to react. And she um, being a good the good sister that she is, she didn't want to upset Quinn. Um, but I am glad that Quinn quickly did adjust her thinking on it and called her sister back, realizing that Ava um, loved her so much to um, loved her so much that she couldn't even be fully excited about it. So um, I don't know. I was so excited for Ava um, finding this out because I, I, I love Ava's character. I think. She's probably one of my favorite characters because she's so supportive and like you can really tell that relationship between her and Quinn is very important to her as it is for Quinn. Sisters, am I right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, and then I do know that we, again, we all grieve differently, but I will say throughout this whole book, I was just so desperately wanting Quinn and Graham to just talk to each other yeah. I was just like that was for me I was just like you just need I understand like 
there's so much hurt, there's so much pain, but like, please, please, please talk to each other um, and tell each other how you guys are feeling. Um, well, and, and that's what we learn is that the reason that they are so drawn apart at this point is because um, she feels like she's disappointing him, not making mm-hmm. him a father. And, you know, every um, every instance of them um, being together alone makes her feel like, okay, this is just going to end up in another um, disappointment, yeah. you know, any intimacy that they have, it's just going to end up, you know, when, when it comes around to find out if she's pregnant or not yeah. and find out she's not, it just leads to that disappointment. So it's almost like a um, fight or flight instinct, I mm-hmm. want to say, is, you know, because so much negative has been associated yeah. with Graham at this point. Now it's pushing her away from, you know, yeah. Graham. But one of the big things that we missed in the very beginning is um, the Chinese food that they open mm-hmm. up in the hallway has some fortunes in it. And that's really the theme of the book is well, not the theme of the book, but it's woven throughout the book mm-hmm. are these fortunes that they open. And I don't remember what Graham's was, but um, but um, it was something about a business endeavor. Like there is going to be a great gonna business, be successful, and, yeah, or successful something. business endeavor or something. Yeah. Um, but Quinn's was um, I'm not going to say this exactly right, but or do you guys have it written down? I think it's if you focus on the flaws, you miss all your perfects. Yeah, I know I wrote it down somewhere. And, yep, I can't find it now. So as we look for this quote, we're gonna, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And we'll be back after the break with the quote. Welcome back. So we did find the fortune cookie quote, and it was, if you only shine light on your flaws, all your perfects will dim. So that is really the theme throughout the book. That kind of is a foreshadowing, I think, of the difficulties that Quinn and Graham are going through. But uh, it's funny because that is one of the things. Why did why did I even bring that up? I don't remember now. Um, just talking about how like this that that those fortunes really get woven into the book. Um, 
a lot. And I think that's what we were talking about is just how that this was kind of the theme. Well, I mean, the title of the book is All Your Perfect. So it is like one of the main things about the book is the these fortunes that they, you know, read while they were waiting for um, this yeah. tragedy to end. <laughs> yeah. And I, w- I would say, you know, because of like I was saying, you know, that even just being around him alone just puts a highlight on all of the flaws, you know, mm-hmm. the the uh, fact that she can't conceive. Um, but that's another thing that we're kind of learning throughout the book is when they're in public, she still really does love Graham. You know, they are affectionate out in public because she knows it can't go anywhere. And um, and so you see that there's still definitely that love that passion there for for him but it's just this huge issue that they're going through that is literally tearing them apart yeah and literally the fact that she can be normal with him when she's out in public at her parents house just shows how much pressure she is actually putting on herself um which is yeah it's just really sad um then we so graham's sister who quinn you know, loves his family. She's really close with his family. Um, his sister already has some kids, but she's pregnant. Um, and so, uh, his sister Carol ends up having, um, the first, actually, I think this is the first, uh, baby boy in their family. Um, and so Quinn and ends up showing up at Carol's house with a gift, um, for the newborn And she doesn't knock because she doesn't want to risk um, waking the baby or Carol if they are asleep. And so she ends up placing, she just ends up going inside and she places the gift on the coffee table. And she starts towards the the den um, where, you know, she must obviously know that that's where they are. Um, But she stops when she sees Graham actually holding um, his nephew and you know, her heart aches because, um, obviously this is something that she, um, wants for, for him and for herself. Um, and so she kind of like steps back and just kind of watches for a minute. And then Carol says, um, you're natural. You would be such a good father. And Graham replies, I know I'm devastated. It devastates me that it still hasn't happened yet. And this very much hurts Quinn. She, the way that she takes it is that he's saying that he is upset that he isn't a father yet. Yeah, just one more major turning point for her. (laughs) Yep. And so she ends up leaving and she texts um, Graham and basically says that, you know, there's so much traffic. I'm, you know, I'm just going to head home. Um, And... When he gets home, uh, she asks him, yeah, uh, did you get a chance to hold the baby? And he lies to her and says no. And she knows that he's lying and she doesn't understand why. Yeah. But it's just another like notch in their marital issues that, you know, that sh- she just knows that he's disappointed that she can't give him what he wants. Another thing that we had missed was the fact that um, towards the beginning-ish of the book, um, they had also considered adoption, but 
they got rejected multiple times because of something that happened in Graham's past. And then we later find out, um, I think we later find out before um, everything we had talked about that um, he had gotten into a car accident and it wasn't his fault, but because he had alcohol in his system and he was driving, he um, got charged for DUI. A DUI mm-hmm. and um, uh, harm, uh, harm to a harm minor. And, yeah, harm of a minor. Yeah, and so they he, weren't able. Yeah, but his best friend actually ended up dying, but he didn't get charged for that. For that, yeah, yeah, and he felt guilty over that, which I'm like, I don't feel like you should have. Like, yeah, you were you were drinking when you're underage and. That was, you know, a stupid thing to do to drink and drive. And, but um, it wasn't his fault that they got into a car accident. So I'm like, I definitely don't feel like he should feel guilty that he didn't get charged with um, the, you know, death of his best friend. I definitely do think that should have been on the other driver because he's the other driver is the one who actually ran the um, was it a stop sign yeah. or stop mm-hmm. light. Yeah. So, um I got to yeah. say one of my favorite flashbacks in the then chapter is um, when they spend their first night together and in the morning she is taking a shower and he um, goes to get breakfast mm-hmm. and he texts her. He's like, what do you want for breakfast? McDonald's, Starbucks, donuts? Do you like coffee? Do you, you know, I'll get bagels. And then he comes back and he has all of it. Yeah. <laughs> he has Chick-fil-A, he has Starbucks, he has McDonald's, he has donuts, he has coffee. So, I know. And I'm I was like, like... Evan, can you do that for me? Right? And Quinn was so unimpressed. I was like, <laughs> I would have been like, oh, can get marry me now. <laughs> you she give was, me food. <laughs> she was just like, uh, I, feel, I feel like this has been done before. Like, it's yeah. so unoriginal. <laughs> I was like, dang. <laughs> But yeah, that that was a really good moment. Um, also, when um, Quinn and uh, Graham are together, they're kind of talking about their past relationships. And Quinn is talking about why she thinks it wouldn't have worked out between um, her and Ethan. And she says, I definitely think there are category five moments in every marriage. Um, and she didn't think that her and Ethan could survive those moments. And then I love the way that she said um, that it's a good thing to think about when, um, you know, with any relationship that you have going into it, because it is so true. Like if you don't feel like you can um, get past the category five moments and there are so many things that she was talking about, like with her and Ethan, like she was just like, oh, yeah, we were just, you know, really good friends or, you know, um, but we didn't have a lot in common and they didn't really do very good when it came to like the fights or the confrontation. She's like, I definitely don't feel like we would have survived it. I'm like, okay, well that should have been the huge red flag before you decided to marry this man. Like if you can't even think that you can get past the hard parts of the marriage, um, then that should have been a very big clue that you probably shouldn't have went through with it. It sounded to me that she, excuse me, it sounded to me that she was with Ethan more so to appease, appease her, her mom. mom. <laughs> yeah, which was crazy so. to me because she talked a lot about how she was trying to get away from that lifestyle and she didn't really want anything to do with it. And, um, but yet she was going to 
go and marry somebody who was very much a part of that lifestyle, like had money, his parents had money, um, her parents have money. So I'm like, that's not the best way to get away from that lifestyle if you, that's what you're claiming that you wanted. So I always thought, I don't know, that that is one thing about the story that I was just like, maybe it was to appease her mom. Maybe there is like a, a part of her that really does want her mom to or is very desperate for her mom to um, love like obviously her mom does love her but like um, she feels like her mom she never wanted her, her and yeah. She, yeah she wants to please her even though she her the way the things that she's saying is like so opposite of that she doesn't care and she yeah but I think that's also just showing the nature of her and Graham's relationship because um you know, we're affected by people that we are around or who we choose to spend our time with. And Graham just pulls out those parts of her that make her realize like, no, this isn't what I want. You know, I want this life or, you know, so I think it's just another testament to how her and Graham just bring out the best in each other. Yeah, for sure. Um, in the then, <laughs> yeah, right in the in the then for sure. Um, so also in the past, Graham says something that I love so much. He says, "We're all full of flaws, hundreds of them. They're like tiny holes all over our skin." Also, for people who are scared of that, please don't picture that because you know the other people who are. What scared. are you talking about? <laughs> Remember, there there are people who that's the actual thing. People are scared of like the holes, like what holes? It's a just like anything, anything that has like holes and in like it, it's like a holes. pattern. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, a, yeah, I don't remember the word for it, like the fear, but yeah, it's like a tripophobia, 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 I can't say it. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, and that's the first thing I thought of, but when he said that they're all, they're like tiny holes all over our skin. So yeah, please don't picture that if you're scared of that. But he says, sometimes we shine too much light on our own flaws. Or there are some people who try to ignore their own flaws by shining light on other people's to the point that the other person's flaws become their only focus. They pick at them little by little until they rip wide open. And that's all we become to them. One giant gaping flaw. Do you guys agree with that? Do you definitely feel like there are people who... There are some people who are just there to like focus on your flaws and they don't like really look at themselves and how they can improve. Um, And then there's other people who are always looking to improve their lives to get better and not to focus on other people's flaws, but to be proud of people for the success that they have. Definitely. I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that, you know, it's easy to judge somebody that does that. But I think, again, at the same time, it's all about who, what the other person you're associating with, what they bring out of you. So sometimes, you know, two people just don't belong together, you know, whether that's a couple or whether that's friendships, you know, it, it's one of those life things that you learn, you know, that somebody can be a really genuine, nice person that you just don't drive with at all. And right. all you can see are the flaws or all that they point out of you are the flaws. Yeah. And um, so I, I agree with that. And I think that 
it's kind of funny because it contrasts in this book where in the beginning, Graham made um, Quinn feel like she was almost, you know, perfect mm-hmm. in a way, you know, just super yeah, attractive and <laughs> basically. And then in the now is when she, all she's focused on are the flaws. Mm-hmm. So it also, you know, kind of just shows how when we're going through different things, that brings different things out of us as well. Yeah. So your per- perspective on things change. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. So just don't judge people is basically you know, the lesson. <laughs> yeah. For sure. You never know what somebody's going through. I also really liked that paragraph. I had written it down as well in my notebook. Not everything that he said, because mm-hmm. there's a lot that he said. Yeah. And I like that entire paragraph that he wrote or that he had um, spoke to Quinn about. Um, but I also really, really enjoyed that paragraph because I agreed with it as well, is that there's some people in life who will specifically shine their light of flaws on other people instead of their themselves because they don't want to improve but i don't think when people do that they they come from uh a place where like a malicious yeah i mean i'm sure that there are people who are who do it in a malicious way but i feel like a lot of the time people um do that because of hurt inside of themselves um, they're hurting. So in order to deal with that, instead of dealing with it themselves and self-improving, they end up trying to tear other people down to make themselves look better. Right. So it's, it's hard because even the people who are like that are struggling themselves. And you kind of see that with Quinn as well, because like you guys said, she only sees the flaws in her relationship but it's because of how bad she's hurting. Mm-hmm. It's she, that's all she can really focus on is the flaws in the relationship. When you see that demonstrated a lot in this book, because that's another thing with her mom, where all that her mom is focused on are the flaws of her life. You know, she actually didn't want to be a mother. That wasn't her life plan. Um <laughs> It kind of makes me think of Bowling for Soup, the 1985 song, (laughs) (laughs) where the mom is just focused on 1985. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I I would just say, you know, that's definitely, I think, something we all have gone through at one point or another. I know I definitely have, you know, just thinking about the negative of, you know, of what somebody else is getting or what they're doing or, you know, whatever it is. And it's just a reality check that, you know, it's, you got to do some inner reflection to find out, you know, how to be happy within yourself. Yeah. And I think Quinn, like you said, we see two different sides of her, but um, ultimately throughout the whole book, like, I love that she can be excited for other people. And even though, you know, she desperately wants to be a mother. She's so happy for Ava and she's so happy for, um, is it Caroline? Is that her name? Or Carol? Um, Graham's sister. And, um, she even loves babysitting, um, her, her nieces and, um, she's excited about her nephew. And so she does such a good job of like not putting her own feelings on other people and making them feel bad about what they do have. And that is one thing I really love about her character and her ability. They even talk about, too, um, both her and Graham's ability to not put 
guilt where guilt isn't due. So they can both really look at a situation and they're just like, yeah, like you should feel guilty about this, but this had nothing to do with you. You had nothing to do with this. So you shouldn't feel bad about that. And so, um, I was like, I feel like that's such a good, um, I guess what's ability or like characteristic to have is to be able to objectively look at something and be like, okay, well, just because I'm upset at you doesn't mean I'm going to put the blame on you for something that has nothing to do with you. So I, I love how Colleen Hoover, I don't know, she just did such a good job writing these characters in a way that is just so relatable. I just got to say it cracks me up because obviously the past few episodes that we've done have been on thriller or you know like mystery books Mm -hmm. and so one of Graham's things that he does in the past when Quinn he takes Quinn to meet his family Mm -hmm. is he makes up all these lies Mm -hmm. about how they met how long they've been together and I'm just reading it I'm like "Mm, that's a that's a red that's um, (laughs) there's something suspicious about Graham and you know I get into that thriller mystery mindset Um, You're like, what is wrong with this yeah, picture? Like, There's something that's going to happen. <laughs> um, Get your mindset off of the thriller. Right. <laughs> but also at the same time, I'm like, that is kind of, yeah. you know, it doesn't become anything, but I'm like, uh, how much does he tell the truth? I don't know. Yeah, that is kind of strange how he would just automatically is just like, oh, yeah, let's just tell all these lies. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the other thing I really loved about their past excuse me past is um she would he would wake up and you know say what did I miss while you were dreaming yes and that is so cute it was super cute and she would she had some crazy dreams Mm -hmm. some weird dreams I love how humorous that he thinks her dreams are he just gets such a kick out of it and I think it's the funniest thing is she she's like this it's not funny and he's like it's hilarious (laughs) Like they get the uh, scuba diving suit or something. Oh, yeah. Where she's, I think it was like her meeting his parents or something. And she's in like a scuba diving suit. And she's just like, I can't meet your parents like this or something. Yeah. And then like they both turn into, or one of them turns into a shark. The other turns into a, I don't know. Yeah. Our interracial sea (laughs) relationship or something. Interspecies. Yeah. Interspecies. Yeah. That was super cute. I do love that. But yeah, I mean, um, we pretty much end the first part of this book, um, finding out like what Ryu had talked about with Graham and um, the his past with, you know, his best friend in the car accident. And um, yeah, I did actually want like, do you guys agree with um, he ended up being charged with child endangerment and um but he didn't get charged for the death of his um best friend do you think that was a fair you know I don't think he should have got charged at all but I do I guess kind of understand the reactionary time yeah was playing a factor maybe in why he got charged at all But they make it very clear that it was not his fault, that it was the other driver that drove through the stop sign Mm -hmm. that, you know, didn't stop. Um, And so that part just kind of bugged me. And then I'm like, why also did they just charge him with endangerment of a minor 
when something more severe happened with the death of his best friend. Yeah, I can kind of see that because they were definitely putting the blame on the other driver. But if you like look at it, him and his best friend were the same age. I think they were like 16. And then it was his best friend's little brother. So in reality, they're the ones who are responsible for the younger, um, you know, sibling. Um, they're the older ones. They're the supposed to be the more responsible ones. And so the fact that they ended up di- um, getting into the car, knowing that they had alcohol in their systems, um, I can understand how he got charged with that because he was supposed to be the one, him and his best friend were the, really supposed to be the ones who were responsible for the younger but what if they weren't drinking and they got in the same accident, like same scenario? Well, then he wouldn't have got charged at all. I just think it was weird. really the alcohol that I think played the biggest factor into it. And what I want to know is, did the other driver get charged for his best friend's death or did any like, did it just go? I would assume that the, the other driver would be the one who got charged for that. They didn't say. I know they what? didn't say, but I'm like, it wouldn't make sense. Like somebody had to have gotten charged, especially if the other driver was the one that ran the stop sign. Um, He's definitely the one who was responsible for the accident. I would assume that he got charged with, with that. Cause I, I wouldn't think that he would just get off, uh, you know, without anything. So yeah, I mean, but I, I can kind of see, like, I, I definitely feel like the alcohol was the main factor in why Graham got charges in the first place. Yeah, so. I think it's weird that um, they weren't able to um, apply or even get accepted for adoption just because of that issue. Mm-hmm. I think that because they were minors, obviously it's, it's everyone's going to look at it differently. Yeah, but that was years and years and years ago. Like yeah. kids especially around their age, they make mistakes. Yeah. Why would that affect, you know, 10 plus years later of him being able to have a child or not? Yeah. Well, I kind of understood it because like, you know, there's lots of people that try to adopt and so they're going to choose the most, you know, pristine applications first before they're going to choose somebody with a record. So that part made sense to me. Not that I think it's fair, but just, you know, why it was happening. Yeah. And you can definitely tell how much Graham loves Quinn because he so desperately wants her for her to have a kid that he's willing to get a divorce just so she would be able to um, apply for adoption on her own. Unfortunately, she's like, I, that's not going to work because they don't really have the money to do that. And she doesn't want to go to her mom and ask her mom for the money because She'll, she feels like her mom will hold that, always hold that over her head. But, but also it's kind of sad. Yeah. Because if he, you know, that's basically coming back to where are her prior, prior, priorities align. Like, yeah. is she just with him for a child or, you know, is she happy with, you know, is Graham enough for her? So yeah. we will find out more about that in the second half of the book. We're going to go ahead and end here. And if you have any thoughts on this book, any, you know, thoughts about the things we talked about or um, just some things that you really liked about the book, 
Um, please definitely submit it to us on any of our socials. We have Instagram, we have Twitter, we have TikTok now. I started mm. a TikTok. We also have a um a Discord. And so um please feel free to reach out to us and we're happy to take any book recommendations as well. But we'd love to hear from you. So please reach out to us and we will see you next week. Okay, bye. 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 for listening to books between sisters if you are a book lover and enjoyed our discussion we'd love to hear more from you please feel free to follow us on twitter or instagram or both at bbs underscore pod you can also send us book suggestions or questions at books between sisters pod at gmail.com or if you'd like you can find us on ko-fi.com forward slash bbs podcast if you want us to buy us any coffee, books, or just donations of any kind.